0: And here we are, scissors and scrubs, on a nice cold spring evening. Mm, beautiful. Uh, Celtics are in the playoffs. <laughs> Bruins are in the playoffs. Laura <laughs> just won tickets to the Celtics playoffs. Game <laughs> <five>. <laughs> I'm more of the hockey person. I like watching hockey. Brian and I were talking about that last night, and I'm like, I don't get any other sport. I could watch hockey all day long. I said, Laura hates hockey. I could kill. Lesser. I can watch a live hockey game. I can go to. A I game can and watch, watch an it. OT. I love hockey, and I will watch playoff hockey. Regular season hockey, wake me up. Wake I me love up. hockey. I like watching them skate. and no, I just love it. Um, I can get through a football game. I yawn through baseball. I'd rather watch oh, gra- no, grass grow it. than watch baseball. And Brian likes baseball. I'm a hockey girl. Anyway, mm-hmm. so that's where we are in this cold April um, recording session. Yes. But we're recording actually for the month of May, mm-hmm. which is ALS month. So we are going to talk about ALS today, but we're going to always, you know how we like to pair right. with a fine wine, mm-hmm. so we're going to pair it with another horrific disease, Huntington's disease. Both of them, just tragic. It just, I don't know what's worse, being set on fire or drowning in the icy cold ocean. I, it, it's, it's awful. They're I both know. horrific diseases. So welcome to spring, here yes. we go, this is what we're going to talk about. Uh, so I'm going to kick it off with Huntington's disease, okay. which I'm sure once I get into it, it's just going to come out as Huntington's disease. Uh I got my info from Mayo Clinic, National Institute of Health, and something else. So, Huntington's disease. The reason I am talking about Huntington's disease is I have a very good friend whose her DNA is not the Huntington side. Her uncle or grandfather, somebody married in married a woman who had it. Okay. And that side of the family brought Huntington's in as an uninvited guest so I was always interested in it because it's I was talking to one of the anesthesiologists last night and he's like you still doing the podcast I said yes and he's like "Uh, what are you doing I said oh we're doing Huntington's and ALS he's like oh what do you think is worse and I was like I don't know ALS at least you get you keep your mind and I'm like at least like what do you mean at least you're completely incapacitated but you're cognitive ALS I mean Huntington's you can lose your mind with it as well so I don't I don't, but you're as completely incapacitated as ALS. I don't know. I don't I, know which is I, worse. I don't think there's a better option. I don't think there's a great option. No. Exactly. So Huntington's is an inherited degenerate, degenerative nerve disease. I am only drinking water tonight. FYI. <laughs> it's a progressive breakdown of nerve cells in the brain and it leads to functional, cognitive and psychiatric disorders. Good. If symptoms start before 20, it is juvenile Huntington's and it can progress much faster. You'll see symptoms start in their 30s or 40s, and there's absolutely no cure for Huntington's disease. Mm-hmm. But there are medications to help you with some of the disorders, some of the symptoms. So you have movement disorders. You can have chorea, which I had never heard of until I started looking this up. Mm-hmm. And now I know what it is. It is involuntary jerking or writhing movements. Mm-hmm. Dystonia, where your muscles are rigid or they're contracted. Uh, slow or unusual eye movements. Impaired gait or posture. And you will have uh, difficulty with speech and or swallowing. Mm-hmm. Usually both. You will have cognitive... I can't talk tonight. Yeah. Don't <laughs> what's wrong with me? <laughs> cognitive disorders. Mm-hmm. You will have difficulty organizing... Maybe I have it. Maybe. Difficulty organizing prioritizing, or focusing on tasks. You will have lack of flexibility or the tendency to get stuck on a thought, behavior, or action. You just keep repeating it. Mm-hmm. Lack of impulse control that can result in outbursts, acting out, uh, with your, th- like acting without thinking and sexual promiscuity. They tend to get very violent when they have this, a mm-hmm. uh, lack of awareness of your own behavior and your own. God, what did I write? I was... I don't even know what that word says. And you have the slowing and the processing of thoughts and finding words. You can also have difficulty in learning new information. Mm-hmm. The psychiatric disorders, which that's, I think, what makes it so difficult. Right. You have all these other things that come with it. Uh, the most common is depression. And it's not depression because you've just gotten a horrific terminal illness. It's depression because of the injury that's happening to your brain. Mm-hmm. So they can be very irritable. Feelings of sadness or apathy, social withdrawal, insomnia, fatigue, loss of energy, um, continual thoughts of either death or suicide. They can have OCD, they can have mania, and they can have bipolar disorders. Mm. Um, A lot of them will become like anorexic because of the difficulty swallowing and they just they're not focusing on food. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's so important to know Huntington's is not contagious. Mm -hmm. You can only way to get it is if somebody in your family has Huntington's disease. It is completely 100% genetic. You are only at risk if one of your parents has it or had it. It, um, If you're a parent who has the gene, there is a 50% chance you will pass it on to every single child you have. So if you have four kids, 50% chance each time you have a child, one of them will get it. Um, once the symptoms begin, the person's functional ability will worsen over time. And from the time of your first symptoms till the time of death can be anywhere from 10 to 30 years. Oh, God, that's a long time. It is, but they're diagnosed in like their 20s. Yeah. So you could be dead by 40. Yeah. If you have juvenile Huntington's, you are dead within 10 years. Mm-hmm. And those, so those symptoms are showing up in your teens. Mm-hmm. The later stages of Huntington's. The affected person will need help in all aspects of daily living. You will eventually end up in a nursing home. Um, You are going to be confined to a bed and unable to speak. Some of them can still understand language and they might have an awareness of who's in the room. Many of them will forget who family members are and they're just kind of like vegetative at the end. Mm -hmm. The common cause of death is pneumonia or other infections. Mm -hmm. Um, Injuries from falling. Or complications related to swallowing, usually aspiration because there weren't feeding tubes and whatever else at the end. So if you or a family member have Huntington's, you might want to consider genetic counseling before you decide to have children. So my girlfriend's family. uh, I'm going to just show you how it was passed on through the family. I have changed names to protect the innocent. Okay. it just shows you how prevalent it will become in a family. And I also have a story of another family who they are going through it as well. So it starts, you have Bert and Bertha. Bert was um, like he had gone to a prestigious college. He was a lawyer. He was very, very, um, they were a high function, high class family, Mm -hmm. you know, and we're talking, this is probably like forties and Mm fifties. Bert passes away, but nobody knows at the time. That it was Huntington's uh-huh. So Bert and Bertha have a child Cindy Cindy's positive But again, nobody knows about Huntington's So Cindy marries Charlie They have four children Cindy probably like late sixties, early seventies, people in town thought she was an alcoholic because she was always like her gait would stagger and she just would she'd have outbursts mm-hmm. and they're like, Oh, she's a drunk, she's a drunk. Well in nineteen seventy-three she's diagnosed with Huntingtons, but by then she's already had four children. So she has Darlene, Doris, David, and Donnie. Four kids. Darlene is negative. Now, because Darlene is negative, she cannot pass on the gene. Mm -hmm. She has four children. They are all negative. Doris is positive. Mm -hmm. Because of that diagnosis, she has zero children. Mm -hmm. She was diagnosed probably in her 30s, and she died in 2009. I don't know how old she was when she passed. Mm -hmm. David is positive. He's diagnosed in his 30s. He's deceased by 2011. He did not have children. He does have children. I'll get into them next. Donnie has three children. David has three children. Then there's Donnie. He had four children. No, he had three. Donnie and David both have three children. Okay? So, of the original couple, Cindy and Charlie, she has four children. Three of the four are positive. Two of the positive each had three kids. So, Donnie, he is 30 when he is diagnosed. And he is deceased by 2022. I believe he was just shy of 50 when he passed. Mm -hmm. So, David is positive. He has Elizabeth... Ellen, and Eric. Elizabeth won't get tested, so we don't know whether she has it or not. She does not have children. Mm -hmm. Ellen is negative. Eric is positive. Mm -hmm. He never has children. He was diagnosed in his 20s, -hmm. and he passed at the age of 40 in 2022. Mm -hmm. Donnie has had four children, Francine, Faith, and Fiona. Faith is negative. Francine has not been tested, and Fiona has not been tested. They are probably, I know Francine is probably, at this time now, she's 29, 30. She's already had four children. She has been showing signs since she was 26, maybe? Maybe even younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and her signs are like, A, she's promiscuous. She's had children at like 16. She has been extremely violent to... Um, significant others Mm -hmm. to like arresting and outbursts and really unbelievable behavior. Mm -hmm. So she has not been diagnosed, but my friend's pretty sure. Yeah. She's like, she's got it. There's no doubt. She's got it. So now she has had four children and these kids are young. They're probably all under the age of 10. Mm -hmm. They're too young to be diagnosed yet. One of them is going to have it. You don't have four of them all negative. So one of them will have it. Right. So that's how it gets like you you know, I mean Bert and Bertha have one daughter, Cindy, positive. Like there was no way she was not gonna be positive. I don't know how how that happened because like if they only had one kid and she was negative, that was it. Everybody was gonna right. be fine. But it didn't work that way. So then there's the Price Sisters story. So this was it was kind of sad. I'm gonna just give you a quick overbrew. It just it's Huntington's is just such a sad story. So this family Jim Price and his he's diagnosed with Huntington's, but by the time he's diagnosed with Huntington's, he and his wife have had four daughters. Uh, one of them are a set of twins, let's see. So in nineteen seventy seven, Jim and Bob are expecting twins, Kim and Kelly, and they get a call from the doctor who diagnoses Jim's mother with Huntington disease. The doctor tells Jim that, you know, you might want to get genetic testing. It's highly, you know, prevalent in yeah. the family. And they got testing but it was inconclusive, so they decide to have children. Fifteen years later, his wife, Barbara, starts noting changes in Jim, and so did the kids. By then, Kim and Kelly had two younger sisters, Tracy and Erin. So he was getting stressed. They were fighting a lot. He seemed different. He was irritable. He was mean. you um, noticed that he had some shaking movements in his hands, kind of like that they remembered the grandmother having. Mm. Uh, he would lash out at them. And when you talk to people who have family members with Huntington's, it completely changes their personality. Yeah. So she got him to agree to marriage counseling because she thinks, I don't know why they didn't forget about Huntington's. And the counselor at the marriage counselor looks at the way he's clasping his hands between his legs. And he's doing that to hide the tremors. Mm -hmm. And she's like, there's something else wrong here. So he goes and gets tested at John Hopkins and it's more accurate genetic testing 15 years later and he's positive. Mm -hmm. So now they know all the girls have to get tested. He winds up he was a physical therapist, both he and his wife physical therapists because of the disease. He he has to give up the job. He yeah. starts declining. And the sisters all decide that they need to get tested for Huntington's. There's a little picture of Jim here you can't see in the article with his little grandson. He's adorable. So the four sisters get tested and You know, they're deciding who wants to do it, who doesn't want to do it, and should we get tested? I don't know. So they all just started. Kim, I think, was the first to get tested, and in 2003, she just got out of college. She's pondering law school. She's in a serious relationship. She wanted kids, so she needed to know. Mm -hmm. Um, She gets tested, and I believe she is negative. Of the four sisters, one is positive. Let's see which one. Um... So Tracy's negative. Kim is negative. Aaron is positive. So she is one of the twins, I think. Anyway, maybe she's one of the young ones. So she is positive. I think she might be the youngest child, actually. So she's like, well, what am I going to do? And what they have done is dove headfirst into um, foundations and raising money and awareness for the Huntington's disease. And she's just going to live her best life until she can can't do it anymore Mm -hmm. the father is still alive as well he has survived a very long time with Huntington's um and they leave you a bunch of websites that we can probably post when this comes out of support groups for Huntington's disease ways to get genetic testing for Huntington's disease patient support and advocacy and just awareness of it it's it's a horrible disease. It's terrible. That's it's true. a horrible disease. And it breaks my heart when I hear of anybody getting these things because they usually strike when you're young. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've already had kids sometimes before you even think of it. But I think now as the generations are getting older and you know what it is and you know what's out there, if you know it's in your family, get tested before you Yeah, start. but like that family you just said, for the young girls that are young girls now are not getting but tested. But they had the children. Yes. But they may not have kids. Like in my girlfriend's family many of them have chosen not to have children if they don't test they just they would rather adopt so one of them is actually raising the kids of the girl who they think is having it mm. um because she can't take care of herself let alone the kids and so she's raising no kids and yeah. i just don't know how i would deal with if one of them is like you raise them and then it's it a whole killing. i mean it's a whole ethical
1: thing and i mean everybody has a right to do whatever they want i just if i had that if a, I would have I would to know, adopt. and B, I could not have children. I, I don't even know that I would adopt, because I'm only going to live yeah. for X amount of years, and I'm going to be
0: well, maybe with the psychotic and, and stuff, angry, like, yeah. and, you know, like, I don't... What you find when I was talking to my girlfriend today is that it seems like, as it's coming down the generations, they're getting it younger and younger. Mm-hmm. And they're dying younger as it's going along down yeah. the generation. Um. The initial four kids, I, I think, before they even really... Because like I said, the mother, they didn't really know what it was. Yeah. And I think all of them had already had kids before they knew. Right. Which is what, what a the, different thing. but Right. But then now... I just feel like now you know if your family had it. Yeah. I just... And just the 50-50 chance. I just... Pretty yeah. high chance. I couldn't...
1: I just... I mean, yes, there's a chance you might have a child that was. I just... I wouldn't want to It's so ethi- it's such an ethical yeah. dilemma cuz it's like you oh what are you going to rob somebody for from a life
0: just because they're going to die of this you're going to die right. of something but it's just That's a horrible way to die though. It's yeah. It's I, a hor- I mean her one of her um the cousins passed away this year and she was very close with him and you know we would talk about it and she's like they had a birthday party for somebody else and he tried to come and she would go see him and she's like he could barely speak at the end and I just and he's young. He yeah, was like my so age and
1: it's sad that people do think you're a drunk, you're a drug addict, yeah. you're crazy, you're, this. Yeah. there's, when there's, there's none of that. It's a medical, exactly. terrible medical disease. Exactly.
0: So that's going to lead us into an even better one,
1: ALS. Yeah, ALS. I don't know which is better or worse. They're all awful. Um, I got my information from mayoclinic.org, Petefrades.com. Oh, Pete Fraties. Brainandlife.org, and newhealthadvisor.org. All right. Amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, or ALS, is a progressive nervous system disease that affects nerve cells in the brain and spinal spinal cord, which causes loss of muscle control. Mm-hmm. So it affects motor neurons. Um, it frequently begins with muscle twitching and weakness of a limb or slurred speech. So like nothing huge. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my leg won't stop twitching. Um, eventually it affects... The control of the muscles used to move, speak, eat, and breathe. Eesh. There is no cure. Life expectancy is three to five years.
0: Didn't Pete Frady live a long time with Um, book? I
1: think he had it about um, like seven or eight years. Yeah. Um, symptoms vary person to person. It depends on which neurons are affected. But normally it starts with mu- muscle weakness that spreads and gets worse over time. It often starts in the hands, feet, or limbs. And then it spreads. It kills nerve cells as it progresses, Mm. um, which makes you just weaker and weaker and weaker. Um, Eventually, it affects chewing, swallowing, speaking, eating. There's usually no pain associated with ALS. It doesn't
0: hurt. It's good. Right. You're not,
1: but you, I mean, you could be in pain from sitting on your, you know, sitting in the chair all day or laying in bed. There's not, it's not like things won't hurt you, but it's ALS itself isn't. Painful. Um, Signs and symptoms of ALS. You have difficulty walking or doing daily activities. You trip and fall a lot. You have weakness in your legs, feet, or ankles. Um, You have hand weakness. You're clumsy. You drop things. You knock things over. Um, You have slurred speech or trouble swallowing. You can have muscle cramps and twitchings in the arms, shoulders, or tongue, which sounds terrible. That's awful. Um, And then you can have bouts of inappropriate laughing, crying, or yawning. Like, all of a sudden, you just burst out laughing or crying or you oh. can't stop yawning. Um, and you can have cognitive and behavioral changes. Like I said, ALS attacks the motor neurons that send. So motor neurons send signals from your brain and spinal cord to your muscles. So when they are damaged, they don't send messages to the muscles, so they can't function. So then they atrophy because you can't use them.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, ALS is inherited in 5 to 10% of cases. For the other 90%, the cause is unknown.
0: I thought it was more like ninety percent was inherited.
1: No, no, it's very a very very few are inherited. Ninety percent unknown causes.
0: That terrifies me.
1: Yeah, Like, literally. You could just all of a sudden have ALS, chaos. not know anybody with it.
0: I was like safe and secure here for a five minutes no. thinking like, oh, it's an inherited thing. Oh no, no, no only things. five I just to ten percent.
1: Yep, risk factors. Forgetting ALS, obviously her. It's it is hereditary. Um, people with familial ALS. Um, their kids have a 50, 50, 50, 50 chance of developing it. So if it is familial ALS, there's a 50, 50 chance your kids will get it. But that is only in five to 10% of all ALS cases. Um, age plays a role in it. ALS risk increases with age and is most common between the ages of 40 to mid sixties. That is most com Most, that's the most diagnosed time. Um, Sex plays a, ro- a role in it. Men are more likely to develop ALS before the age of 65. But after 70, the sex differential is negated. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. After 70, it's equal, what men are women. There are some genetic variations that seem to put people more at risk for developing ALS, but they can't seem to, like, grab on to, like, okay, this gene is what mutates. Um, there are environmental factors that may trigger ALS. Smoking, especially for women post menopause. So
0: well, if you are a menopausal woman,
1: do not um some evidence suggests exposure to lead or other substances at work or home can be a trigger, but no single agent has been identified. Like it is so they could can, be this, it could be that, it yeah. could be this, it could be that. Um military service also puts people more at risk. And it could they have no idea why. They think Possibly because of like some sort of chemical exposure that you're exposed to more in the military, um, traumatic injuries, viral infections, or just like intense exertion. Just stop running marathons. Right. Uh, well, no, for mil- the military. That's in the <laughs> military people. But like, you know, you're just under you're constantly doing intense exertion. So that could just it might just be a stress and mm-hmm. that triggers it. Complications of ALS. You're obviously going to have breathing problems. Over time, ALS will paralyze muscles used to breathe. You may start with like at night, like, you know, everything gets worse at night. And at night, you might be like, I just can't seem to get like a deep breath because my muscles aren't working. So you might start with a BiPAP at night, which is like a CPAP that people wear. Um, And then as it progresses, you will usually end up with a tracheostomy <sighs> and being on a ventilator because you will, your muscles will not be able to um, help you breathe. The most common cause of death in ALS is respiratory failure. Aww. Um, So you have speech problems. It usually starts as like mild slurring of words, but becomes more severe as the de- disease progresses. And people need to rely on like communication technologies. Like luckily now, like, you know, yeah. you have computers that can type, you know, you can type into a, or you can use your eyes to type into a computer now and it right. can say what you want to say. Um. You'll have, obviously have eating problems. ALS patients can develop malnutrition and dehydration from damage to the muscles that control swallowing. They are at a high risk for aspiration pneumonia. A feeding tube is usually needed as the disease progresses because they can no longer chew or yeah. swallow or anything. Yeah. Um, and they are at a higher risk of dementia. They often have problems with memory and decision making and are eventually diagnosed with a form of dementia called frontotemporal dementia. It Jesus. affects that part of the brain um als is very difficult to diagnose early because it mimics other neurological yes. diseases so they do tests that rule out the other diseases and that's how they come up with you right, have als it. um they they can do an emg which is an electromyogram they insert needle electrodes into different muscles like through your skin into different muscles and the test evaluates the activity of your muscles when they contract and when they're at rest the abnormalities in the muscles seen in the EMG may rule in or out other yep. diseases um, or ALS. And it can also help guide like your exercise therapy down the road. So you have this. Mm-hmm. These are the muscles that need help working so they can see what they need to do. They could do nerve conduction studies. They measure your nerves ability to send impulses to muscles in different areas. This can determ- determine if you have nerve damage or certain nerve or muscle diseases instead of ALS. Mm-hmm. Um they can do an MRI, which could reveal a spinal cord tumor. You know, if you're having trouble with your legs and they're weak, you might have a spinal cord tumor um, or a herniated disc or any other another disease process. If you don't, then it could be ALS. Um, they'll do blood and urine tests um, to eliminate other diseases. They could do spinal taps to eliminate other diseases. Muscle biopsies to check for muscle disease as opposed to ALS. So there's a ton of tests they're going to do to rule out other diseases mm-hmm. and that's how you're going to get your diagnosis there are treatments for als they do not stop the damage or reverse it there you is nothing that will stop symptoms. als yeah. um but they can slow the progression of it
0: oh my God.
1: um and they can prevent complications and make you more comfortable and c- help you stay more independent longer there are three fda approved drugs for als three
0: that's it well i mean i it's-
1: it's. I don't even know what you do. Um. I can't. I'm never gonna say these random show up. The first one's Rul- ruluzole. Um. That's an oral medication that can increase the life expectancy by three to six months.
0: Why? That's For it. What? So I can see a wheelchair to 6 months. months. Like I'm good.
1: It can cause dizziness, liver damage, and GI, GI conditions. Then there is, adaravone. This can be either IV or oral, and it reduces the decline in daily function. So, I would take that. You can just help. You know, you might be able to put your clothes on yourself longer. You might be able to make yourself yeah. food longer. Um, it can cause bruising, headaches, and shortness of breath.
0: And then there is
1: Relivria, which slows the rate of decline, especially with daily tasks. So, that's just another thing that just helps slow the progression. It may also help you to live longer, but they're doing more studies on it. Um, but it can cause diarrhea, belly pain, nausea, and upper respiratory infections. Jeez. You may also be prescribed meds to provide relief from symptoms like muscle cramps and spasms. You're going to get a muscle relaxer, um, constipation, fatigue. You get excessive split, spit and phlegm. You can't mm-hmm. swallow it all, so it just builds up you and you are constipated because have... the muscles aren't working and yep.
0: move your stool through. Um,
1: pain, you know, from positional pain or, you know, mm-hmm. um, other things, um, depression, sleep problems. And, um, and you can have meds for the uncontrolled outbursts of the laughing and crying. There are meds to help control that. There are therapies. To be used with ALS, and that's probably the most effective yeah. things that help you. There are breathing therapies. Uh, like I said, you can get a BiPAP at night, and then eventually you're gonna move to a vent. There's also breathing, you know, exercises you can do just to help you keep control of it longer. Physical therapy, obviously, they're going to have physical therapy. That helps with movement, and it helps keep you independent mm-hmm. as long as possible. You can have occupational therapy that helps you remain ind- independent, and it gives you adaptive equipment to mm-hmm. use around the house so you can, you know, pick up something with one of you know those little grab, you know those little grab things.
0: Yeah, like how to put your shoes on. Yeah, they, you can tools use those for, things. Like, special yes. spoons and shit to yeah. eat with and.
1: Um there's speech therapy your mouth is not working the same your tongue is not working the same your jaw is not working right. the same so they have speech therapy to help them be able to talk for longer um nutritional support making sure you, what you can eat you are getting what you need um nutritionally and like okay use this thickener in the water you know use this to mush up the food whatever I can't. Um, and then obviously, you need psychological and social oh, yeah. support.
0: Oh, yeah, support groups, all kinds yeah. of stuff like that.
1: So coping with it, there um, it's a take time to grieve. You are grieving the your life you. as you knew it. yeah, um, and your independence. But be hopeful. Like it doesn't mean like that's the end. Like you can still go on, even though you have a limited time, you can still live life. Do you can stuff. still do yeah. things. um, think beyond the physical challenge, changes. Think of you know, like there are things that people do, you know, that raise awareness and the you know, ice bucket your, challenge. Right, your like life
0: I'm... is completely changed, but that doesn't mean, I mean that, that ice you can't bucket do challenge things. was one of the biggest awareness yeah. things I've ever seen.
1: Um, join a support group. Support groups help, um, and make decisions now at your diagnosis about your future care. Right. Right. Um, While well, you still Because you do get deme- You know you yep. can get Dementia And you can get depressed So make the decisions now um, Famous people That have had ALS Lou Gehrig It is also called Lou Gehrig's Which disease Which nobody
0: calls it That anymore Because I don't think They know who the hell Lou Gehrig was well, I hope so well, you No know, but think about Lou Gehrig was around In like the 30s I know but I think People, people know don't Lou Gehrig. People don't remember mm. The younger generation You think if we sat At the lunch table And said hey Who's Lou Gehrig They'd know who the hell You are talking about I think they'd say Oh Lou Gehrig's disease Well because they're nurses Yeah
1: I don't know, you know. Uh, Stephen Hawking, he had ALS. He got, Forever. Died. He lived for over 40 years with it. And there was like an article like, why could he live 40 years? Most people can't live more than five. Right. He was extremely affluent. Yeah, He had everything in the world available to him. Yeah. Every assistive thing available to him. And for whatever, I mean, and maybe that was just, you right. know, I don't know. Maybe he had a weird strain of it or I don't know. But he was also extremely affluent, had mm-hmm. every available thing you could possibly have for this. So that helped him live a little longer. Um, Paul Salucci was the governor of Massachusetts. I thought about that. Yeah. And he also had ALS. Um, I
0: thought about
1: that. And then there was, I'm just gonna talk about Pete Freitas because he is oh, from Pete. Massachusetts. And I think a lot of people know him anyways. Yeah. But
0: he Pete, was the reason he was the star of the Ice Bucket Challenge, yes. wasn't he? Yeah. yeah.
1: So Pete Freitas was born in Beverly Mass. He grew up very athletic, like extremely athletic, played basket, uh, baseball, football, and hockey. He went to St. John's Prep. I think his father had gone there. Mm-hmm. He went there to play sports. He was a prepper. Um, that's in Danvers. He became the captain of the baseball team there. He went on to Boston College. I think both of his parents went to Boston College. Mm-hmm. He went to Boston College, um, where he had like a phenomenal baseball career, notably hitting a home run out of Fenway Park Oh wow! Uh, during the baseball beanpot tournament um, as a junior. And as a senior, had a school record of eight RBIs in a game, which included a grand slam and a three-run homer. Wow. He was an an amazing baseball baseball player. player. Uh, He led the team in home runs as a junior and senior, and he led in stolen bases his senior. Yeah. Extremely athletic kid. Loved baseball. Um, He went on to play baseball in the Hawaiian League and the German Baseball League after college. He then became director of baseball operations at Boston College in 2012. And that same year he was diagnosed with ALS. Oh. Um, he, you know, his family on his website, you know, they I mean, it's just like heartbreaking, but like they're like he never gave up. He was like, Nope, we're gonna fight this, we're gonna push, we're gonna yeah. put this in front of everybody, people are gonna know about it, we're gonna raise money. There's gotta be a cure someday. Um, so he f- refused to be give up. He began strike out ALS, which brought um which brought about the ice bucket challenge. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you remember, I'm sure you go online now and look up Ice Bucket Challenge that everybody in the world made was videos, it. you know, they would George Bush like, did it. Like yeah, like everybody. I challenge, you know, and people would say movie stars and then all yeah. of a sudden movie star would make the, you know, you'd challenge people to donate and to do the Ice Bucket Challenge, you would donate to ALS, right, pull up ice water over your head. Um, like my kids did it, you know, yeah. and they challenged the teachers, I think, but they donated money. Um, And <laughs> we didn't uh, just do the challenge. No, they had to donate money. Um, But that brought like so much awareness to ALS and it brought so much money in to ALS. Mm -hmm. It was like an unbelievable movement. Um, He did die in 2019 at the age of 34 um, after a very heroic battle with ALS. Paul, That was so sad. I know. That was awful. It's so sad to watch like, I mean anybody with it. It doesn't, but like you see this kid who was so vibrant. This young athlete and so vibrant, so physical and like to just watch it Mm -hmm. eat away
0: at him you know and then he was in the chair at the it was just it was awful it was so sad all of these diseases they're just awful um there needs to be awareness so hopefully someday there will be a cure for it Mm -hmm. uh our beloved mike will be running the hapoon five mila in boston on may 21st and it's to support als he's gonna put a link in the bio or on our website whatever look for it and donate Because um, it's a worthy cause. May is ALS month. And everybody's touched by this. Mm -hmm. You're going to know somebody who has it. It may not be a direct connection to you, but, you know, somebody be like, oh, my husband had it. Or my husband's mother got it. Like, you will know somebody who's had this. So it's a horrible disease. If we could ever wipe it out, it would be amazing. So um, look for that, the Harpoon 5-Miler to support for ALS and support Mm -hmm. Mike in his 5-mile run. Yeah. Because God knows I'm not going to run it. That's for sure. That's for I hope I don't see a Mike sure. eating pizza on it. I but, can... yeah. <laughs> it's a marathon. You're supposed to run. run. <laughs> so keep your stories coming in. Yeah. Uh, we love hearing them. Mm-hmm. We love your emails. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't forget, last last episode, we talked to Chuck Jankowski, and he's doing the cruise for Unstoppable The Unstoppable RN. Yeah. Who knows maybe scissors and scrubs might show up on that cruise who knows let's say i have high hopes so um check it out if it's for the new nurses that are all listening right now you you know you need some help we all need it <laughs> yeah i think
1: i mean i think that's a great idea i think it's a great program. program
0: yeah you're gonna eventually get ceus for it so you gotta start now every two years yeah next Rack year will CEUs. be a uh a year and that's redone. really
1: something that can affect your nursing you know like you know, sometimes you do see CEU thing, like, oh, I'll get a book and get my... Yeah.
0: Like, this can actually affect how you nurse exactly. and help you become a better exactly. nurse. Exactly. Instead of just paying $30 to the West and whatever and right. getting your CEUs. Alrighty, loves. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye.
1: Like, subscribe, rate, and review the Scissors and Scrubs podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to us on. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Scissors and Scrubs, and email us at any of your stories or thoughts to scissorsandscrubs at gmail.com.